We're going to jump into our message. We're in our message series called Therapy Sessions. And we're looking at all kinds of things that people may get therapy for, that, that we feel that we go through, you know, whether that's anxiety and depression or, or life transition or marriage issues or anger issues. And so we recognize that, that nobody has it all together. We're all imperfect people. And so this message series really is for everyone. And so we've been looking at, uh, for, for six weeks, we've been three weeks in, this is the fourth week, we've been looking at all these things. And we're going to continue tonight as we look at anger. And so I want to pray for the message time, and then we'll jump into the message. And if any of you guys, would you mind praying for me as well? Um, I always just appreciate prayer as I'm uh, delivering God's word. I want God's Holy Spirit to work in me and through me. So let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you again and again and again. We can never thank you enough for who you are. And God, we just give you this time right now as we Dive into your word, your living word that brings life, that brings correction, that, that, that fuels us. God, we just give it all to you as an act of worship. And we ask, God, that you would be here in this time, that you would, I pray, Lord, that you would just walk through these rows of chairs. God, I pray that you would be the, with those who are watching online, uh, wherever they're watching from, God. Just sit next to them, be close to them. And speak to them, God. I pray that you would use me and you would speak through me, God. Just kind of set me aside and let your Holy Spirit take reign right now, God. And uh, we pray for Pastor Reuben and Grace and their family as they, they mourn the loss of a, of a loved one. And God, we just ask that we, we know you're the, the God who comforts. So we ask for you to give them comfort and peace and watch over them as they travel home, God. We give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, when I was about 14 or 15, uh, my, I have an older brother and he did a really cool thing. He gave me a gift and it was actually kind of funny the way he did it. Um, I was at home. I was actually taking a nap. I think it was like a Saturday or Sunday, something like that. And he just comes into my room and like picks me up. He's a big guy. He was like, like he just picked me up and I was like skin and bones. So it was no big deal. And he just picks me up out of my bed. I'm like napping. I'm kind of trying to wake up. And he's like, no, 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 keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. And he, so he carries me through the house and I don't know what's going on. My eyes are closed and, and my feet are hitting the walls and I don't know what's going on. And we finally get outside and he like sets me on this motorcycle, which is really cool. He got this like great deal from somebody like 50 bucks for two motorcycles that didn't run. And he's like, isn't this great? And I'm like, sure, this is, this is awesome. This is cool. It's a, it's a motorcycle. And, and he's like, we just got to get him running. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And so, uh, he got his running and I really didn't get mine running. I kind of let it sit there. I wasn't really super excited about having a motorcycle. It just wasn't a thing for me. Um, and, and my brother was off in college and so he would, he would be around for a little bit, but we didn't have time to kind of work on it all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of sat until kind of the summer came around and I was hanging out with one of my friends and he's kind of a gearhead. His dad and him would work on cars and stuff. And I was telling him about this motorcycle and he's like, we should get that thing running. And I said, you really think so? He's like, yeah, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Let's go. So we go to my house and we put the, we get the motorcycle out and we kind of put it up on a crate and we're getting ready to look at it. And I'm like, well, we got to like try and crank it over, see if it's going to work. So we, we go and, and I go to put my foot on the Kickstarter and I'm like, it's not there. It was there when my brother gave me the motorcycle, but now it's not there. And I look over and my brother's motorcycle is not here. And he's out with his friends. And I rush into my house. My mom's in the kitchen. And I open that door. I'm probably the angriest I'd ever been 
in my life. And I walk in and I'm like, Justin took that thing off my bike and I can't believe it. And where is he at? And it's like, I'm just going and my mom is crazy. She's just surprised. It's the first time she'd ever heard me curse. It was the first time I'd ever cursed, really. No, it wasn't. But that's the first time she ever heard me curse. And, <laughs> but I was so mad. And she's like, what's going on? I don't know. You know, and I'm like, Justin took the kickstart lever off my bike. And he went with his friends. And he didn't even ask me or tell me that he was going to do it. And now we're trying to get this thing going. And now we can't. And I'm like angry, really for no reason. Because up to this point, I didn't really care about that <laughs> motorcycle. But now it's a big deal, right? Now that someone has wronged me, it's a big deal. And I'm so angry. And I was just mad and I couldn't get over it. And when he got back, I was, was like kind of yelling at him. I can't believe you did that. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just kind of laughing at me like it's not a big deal. And it, but, but for me, it was. It was kind of the first time I really experienced like that anger, that rage towards someone, especially someone like you love that just like gets under your skin. And you're like, I cannot believe you would do that to me. We're talking about anger and hothead issues today. That's the name, uh, title of the message and there's lots of things that have made me angry over the course of my life. Waiting in line, you know, waiting in a line that's too long. You're waiting and, you know, everybody should be, know what they want when they get to the front. And then that person's just like, oh, what do you guys have? You know, get angry for that. Getting cut, uh, cut off or almost hitting traffic, that makes me angry. Uh, saying the wrong thing to someone. When I mess up, I get angry at myself. I embarrass myself. I'm angry at myself. But being disrespected makes me angry. My kids misbehaving. I didn't realize how much anger I could have until I had kids. I'll tell you what, that was a big one. Uh, when someone hurts me or my family, I get angry. Uh, injustice. I get angry over injustice. And there's good types of anger. We, we should be angry over injustice. Now, I was thinking about this. It's interesting how our anger for injustice kind of is on a variable scale, depending on how close that injustice is to us. Right? If it's injustice towards me, I'm very angry. If it's towards my family, I'm very angry. As it gets further out and more generalized, as it's against people, maybe in a different country, I'm still upset about it, but I'm not, I'm not going you know, fisticuffs or anything for it, or I'm not, I'm not running out to do something about it. But I still get mad about it. I'm not happy. Uh, when someone gets credit for my work, I can get pretty angry. Uh, when my oven range decides to go out the same day I'm preaching about anger, that'll make you angry. <laughs> True story. Our oven went out, but that's all right. Uh, I went around, I talked to people this week. I was just having fun. I'm like, what makes you angry? What makes you angry? One of the funniest things, and he said it with a straight face, Pastor Nick, I said, what makes you angry? And he looks at me and goes, getting slapped in the face. And I was like, yeah, I get that. I get that. Pastor Nick uh, was our youth pastor for so long, and he shared a story that, the, that one of the students came up right behind him and just was messing around, but just slapped him right in the face from behind, caught him off guard, and I guess he turned around, and he looked like he was about to take that kid out, and then the Lord grabbed him and said, no, you're ministering to this kid. It's okay. Um, other people talked about like not being heard or being misunderstood, made them angry. Sounds and noises, things that make you annoyed, that can make you angry. Uh, a sarcastic or a mean look or a comment. I mean, all these things can, can make us angry, and that's because anger is an emotion that everyone feels. It's one of the five basic or core emotions that everyone experiences. Every one of us, we have these five, and really all the rest of our emotions come from these five. There's some kind of extension of these five. We have joy, when we, we feel great, everything's going well, you're well rested, life is good, and we have lots of joy, we can feel happy. We have fear. 
when there's uncertainty and, and we're scared and, and we're not sure what's going to happen or something goes boom in the night and we're like, what is that? And I'm afraid and I'm going to pull up the covers. We can have sadness. We're feeling low. We've, we've seen something that's sad or, or someone, someone close to us has been lost and, and, and we can feel this sadness. Disgust, that's that yuck. Like, like the dog just threw up on the carpet. Ugh. I don't want to go deal with that. Or don't show me that picture. That's gross. That's, disgust. That's our disgust. And then we have anger where we, we, we have this rage and it, can, and it can be so intense. It goes so quickly. It, it, in fact, as I was thinking about these like five emotions, it feels like that is the one that like just has this torpedo on it, right? Just it, like a rocket. It can be intense so quickly and, and, and this anger can just go. Mentalhelp.net says anger is a natural and mostly automatic response to pain of one form or another, physical or emotional. That's where our anger comes from. It's from pain. And then I was looking in psychology today. They said anger is related to the fight, flight, or freeze response of the sympathetic nervous system. It prepares humans to fight. That may be physically fight. That may be, hey, I'm going to go fight a cause. But it prepares us. It gets us ready. That anger raises up things inside of us. Anger can also be a substitution emotion. It can be used to hide or mask other emotions. Maybe things we don't want to deal with. It could just mask over pain that we don't want to truly acknowledge. And so we just get angry. And we know that if we get angry, then people just kind of leave us alone. Oh, okay, I won't, we won't talk about that. That's okay. Or it could be other kinds of emotions. Maybe we feel really sad, but we don't want to talk about it. We feel really depressed. We feel really anxious. We're fearful. And we don't want to look or appear weak or fearful. So we get angry instead. We can use it to, to, to distract and avoid other emotions. Anger can be a byproduct of those other emotions. And there's lots of problems with anger. Lots of problems. First, mentally. It, it, it all starts in our brain. Anger causes hormones and adrenaline to be released in our bodies. Anger affects the neurons in the brain such that they can't switch off and on correctly, jeopardizing the brain's ability to slow down. That's why we just get so amped up. We get angry, we can't stop it, we gotta go, and we gotta just explode because our brains literally cannot slow down. It starts there. Uh, Psychology Today said prolonged release of stress hormones that accompany anger can destroy neurons in areas of the brain associated with judgment, short-term memory, and it can weaken the immune system. You ever been so angry you forgot what happened? Like, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Or maybe you're so angry, you're just, you're, just, you're just going, and you don't even remember what you're angry about. Now it's just like adrenaline. It's pure pumping through your body, and you're just like, I am just mad. That's what, what it can do to our, our minds and our bodies. Physically, physically it can affect us. A, a paper from the National Forum uh, Journal of Counseling and Addiction said this, people who are constantly angry have a higher risk of suffering a heart attack or stroke. And that adults with no history of heart disease, but who suffer from chronic anger, are 19% more likely to develop heart problems. They also state that anger can lead to insomnia and migraines. Anger is just, I mean, it's just the worst. It affects our mind, it affects our body, it affects us socially. Anger can, can destroy relationships, can destroy families. Anger can cause people to act in very foolish ways. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Proverbs 29, 11. 
Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. What's it look like if you let your anger go? You look like a fool. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. It's awkward to be around. Ecclesiastes says it like this, control your temple, temper, for anger labels you a fool. Socially, we, we, are, we are hurt by our anger. We, we can look foolish to the rest of the world. It can be embarrassing. It may not be embarrassing for you in the moment because you think you're right and you think you should be doing this and you think you should be yelling. But in the end, people just see you as a fool. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered person stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. If you allow anger to rule your, your body, your life, your mind, then you're the type of person who, who stirs up strife. In all your relationships, you're the one there who's going to poke and going to prod and, no, I was right, or no, that's not right, or, or no, I don't like how you did that, or you should do it this way. Constantly poking and prodding. People who can't control their angle, anger go off on anything. It can feel awkward for those around them. The foolishness of their anger leads people to laugh at them. If you don't believe me, look on YouTube. There's all these Karen videos. And I'm sorry for anyone named Karen. It's not fair to call them Karens, but that's what they get called. This comes from a guy who grew up in the 90s, and there was a song called Jeremy. And I got to hear that every day at school, too. So I know the pain, but there's these videos. But it's not just women, it's men. People who just go off, who just... And, and what happens? They become viral hits on YouTube. And what are people doing? Are they, like, looking at them and go, Oh, I feel so bad and compassionate for them. No, they're laughing at them. They look like fools because they can't control themselves in a store because something hasn't gone their way. They can't control themselves when, when something is, is, is just, not happy, they're just not happy for them. They don't like it, and so they go off. Spiritually, anger affects us. It's very dangerous. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that anger and hatred towards someone is in the same category as murder. Matthew 5 says, You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit a murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, everybody say, but I say, but I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Jesus says, if you murder someone, you're subject to judgment. And now if you're just even angry with someone, you're, you're, <laughs> you can have that same judgment come across you. That it's about your heart towards people. He continues on, if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. I have a confession to tell you. This last week, someone was driving in front of me very slowly, and I yelled, come on, you idiot! And then I sped up because I knew he couldn't hear me and I showed him which way heaven was and then I got in front of him, brake checked him, taught him a lesson. No, I did not do that. I did not do that. I didn't do that. But I did yell idiot. And as soon as I yelled idiot, I thought of this verse. I mean, it did come to my mind. I was like, oh my word. And I confessed to God and I said, God, please forgive me. I, you know, that guy could be going through a hard time. His car may be having problems, whatever. I don't know why he's going slow, but I just need to be patient. I need to be patient. But I did think of that. When I allowed that anger to rule over me, I then pointed hatred and contempt and anger toward that person. That person who was, who's made in the image of God. Right? When we get angry, we can forget 
That the, 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 the person that we're angry with, that we're yelling at, that we're, we're calling idiot is someone who God loves. It's very easy to remember. God loves me. God loves me. But we have to remember God loves everyone. God, Jesus went to the cross for each and every one of us. And each and every one of us deserve dignity and love and kindness. God has called us to love each other. And here, you got to hear this. Love cannot live where anger is ruling. That's the reality. If anger is ruling in your heart, love cannot live there. And what's your relationship with anger? Maybe you're okay with getting angry and expressing it. Maybe you're one of those extroverted anger people. You like to yell and scream to get your way. Maybe you're okay with the anger, but just as long as you push it down. And you kind of just shove it down. You know those people? I'm, I'm kind of, I fall into this camp quite a bit. The person who's just like, like moody because they're angry. And then we don't talk about it. And then we're kind of all scared because like, what if you say something? Like we all have to walk on eggshells around this person because we know they're angry, but we don't want to talk about it because they might explode. We don't know. We've never seen it, but they just keep it and they're just moody. That introverted anger we have. Maybe, maybe you're okay with that. Do you use anger to avoid other emotions? I mean, are you, are you processing through things and, and, and not processing them well? And you have fear or you have anxiety or you have depression, you have sadness, and you're not, you're not working through those with the people who are around you. And so you just express it as anger. Are you okay with that? Is that, is that your relationship with anger? The real question for you today is, are you okay with anger ruling your heart? Are you okay with that? You're like, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. Everybody else will just get over it. Or you're like, you know what? I don't want to be that type of person. I don't want anger to rule me. I don't want anything to rule me. Anger is not a bad thing in and of itself. It's natural. You're going to feel it. We're all going to feel it. We're all going to have anger. We need to express it in healthy ways. Unresolved anger can lead to manipulation of others, it can lead to violence and even more. So we have to learn how do we deal with this anger. We need to make sure that we're not ruled by our anger. That we don't let it get a hold of us and, and direct us and, 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 and have that hold on us on how we deal with other people, how we interact. So how do we do that? How do we say, I don't want anger to rule over me? Well, honestly, I think we need wisdom. I mean, all those other verses from Proverbs, you look through Proverbs and it talks about anger all the time. And, and Proverbs is this book of wisdom. And I thought we could look there, but sometimes it's challenging because it's just like it's two lines about anger and it's two lines about anger and it's two lines about anger. And you're like, I get it, but like, how do I do this? So I thought of another wisdom book we could look at, the book of James. Book of James is in the New Testament. It was written by a man named James. He was the half-brother of Jesus. Imagine what that's like. Growing up, the younger brother of Jesus. Jesus who always eats his Brussels sprouts. Jesus who never gets bees on his report card. Right? This is James. This is the guy who's, who, who's half-brother of Jesus. And, and after Jesus died on the cross and was buried and he raised from the dead and he ascended into heaven, James actually became a leader in the church in Jerusalem. He became a very prominent leader. And so he's writing this letter to these, these Christian Jews, these, these people in Jerusalem who are trying to understand what does it look like to really live and follow Jesus? They're being persecuted. 
There are people after them. They're, they're, they're hearing all these different things. There's all these different thoughts on how you should live and what it actually even means to follow Jesus. And so James writes this very practical book, this letter, to these Christians, to these followers of Jesus, to help them in how they live their life. And it's considered part of the wisdom literature. Just like we have wisdom literature in the Old Testament, we have wisdom literature in the New Testament. And that's where James kind of falls in. And so I want to jump in to chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. James starts and he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? We talk about we need wisdom. If we want to not let anger rule over us, we need some wisdom. We need to address it and know exactly how we need to walk going forward. And he says, he says, who's wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by their deeds done in what? In humility that comes from wisdom. So the first thing we recognize there is that in wisdom, we will find ourselves to be humble. We will find humility. And, and here's really kind of, I mean, this is, this is the point today. If you want to not let anger rule over you, be humble. Have humility. Recognize that you're not always right. Recognize that it isn't always your way. Recognize that, that you have to work through issues. You can't just scream at them and yell at them and make them go away. There's humility that comes in this wisdom. Then in verse 14, it says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. I love this word harbor. Um, other versions say if you, you hold the, the Greek word for this that gets translated into harbor, it means to have, hold fast, to cling to. If you harbor the bitterness and the envy and the jealousy and the selfish ambition, and the pride, and the self-centeredness. If you hold on, if you let it dock in you, if you harbor it, if you hold on to it, you won't let it go. If you keep that inside of you, then you're going to have issues. You're going to allow anger to have this rule inside of you. If you hold on to these things, you're, you're going to be angry. You're going to be hurtful. Have you ever argued with someone who wasn't there? have that conversation with yourself? Like, this is what I'm going to say when we have this conversation. Or, this is what I should have said. Ugh, I wish they were here right now. I'd give them a piece. You have that, con well, you know what you're doing? You're harboring that resentment. You're harboring that whole conversation. Whatever that thing was, whatever the, the pain was, whatever, whatever they were talking to you about that really bothered you, that got under your skin, you're letting it live there under your skin and you're just, you're, you're ruminating on it and you're just thinking about it and you're like letting it control your life. And at this point, like at some point you just, you, you have no control over it because it's just there and it's always coming up. When you see that person, you're like, I remember we should have had that. I'm, oh man, I can't wait to tell them. Next time I see them, you just have these kind of conversations. And so we harbor that, if you harbor that bitterness, if you let it dock, if you hold fast to it, then you're going to have, you're going to have unresolved conflict in your life. And that's what I want you to hear. Unresolved conflict is fertile ground for uncontrolled anger. Unresolved conflict is fertile ground for uncontrolled anger. If you harbor those things, if you hold fast to them, if you cling to that comment that he said when we were eating dinner 
And he didn't, you know, like, if you hold on to that, that's fertile ground for uncontrolled anger. If every time she comes over and she talks about how dirty your place is and you hold on to that and you never let it go, it's fertile ground for uncontrolled anger, for just flying out off the, off the handle. Have you ever thought about how to load the dishwasher? It's usually not about the dishwasher, is it? <laughs> there's, there's, there's fertile ground there. There's unresolved issues. There's un, unresolved confrontation that, that hasn't been dealt with. And so now it comes out. And it just comes out like you have no control over it. Like just all of a sudden, I don't believe that you would put the plate on the left side when we always put the plates on the right side. Why would you do that today? And then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of get through it a bit. You're like, what are we doing? And you realize, you know what? I had a really tough day at work. I'm sorry. I didn't resolve something. I didn't talk with my boss. He said something and it really bothered me. And that's why I'm angry. It's not about the dishwasher. That's, it's that unresolved conflict that we have. When you let malice and rage and resentment and pride live in your heart, it destroys your ability to see truth, to see what's actually happened, to see what, what the reality is before you. It's not about the dishwasher. It's not about how the clothes were folded. It's about what was going on in your life. It's about that unresolved conflict. Did you know it's possible to be angry and be wrong? Yeah. I learned this this week. <laughs> it's possible to deny truth. When we get caught up in our anger, when we have uncontrolled anger, guess what? You might be wrong. You may be really angry. You may be really worked up. The adrenaline's pumping. Your brain can't stop. And you're like, I am right. But guess what? You might be wrong. It's possible to, to deny truth. If we harbor these things, if we hold on to them, if we hold fast, if we cling to them, if there's unresolved conflict we're like, we're happy to live with. We just want to like, we want to live in misery. We want to live in this camp where like, we're just like, I hate that thing and I'm going to let it rule my life. We can, we can get this uncontrolled anger that builds up inside of us and it will fuel our anger. And so James says, who is wise and understanding? Who is wise and understanding? What do we need to do? James continues on. He explains where this comes from, where our anger really comes from. James 4, verse 1. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Do they come from the evil, or don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? See, he talks about don't harbor these things. Because when you do, now they're living, you've given them a place to live, and that's where your fighting and your quarreling comes from. It's not coming from the guy driving too slow in front of you. It's what you've harbored inside. He continues on, verse 2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. It all comes from the evil desires inside of us. Many of us don't like to use the word anger. I recognize this. Like it, it feels, it's very harsh. And, and we don't want to use it. We don't, want, we don't want our loved ones to think that we're angry. We don't want our loved ones to think that we're ruled by anger. We don't want our loved ones to be angry or to be ruled by anger. We, don't, we just don't like that word. It's very harsh. It's, it's something we don't want to say. So what do we say? We say, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. 
It's a very sophisticated word, right? I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. And you know why we like that word? Because it's external. It points to the problem being outside of us. I'm not angry in here. It's just I'm frustrated because they, every time my mother-in-law comes over, she tells me how I'm like not raising my kids right and how I'm not managing the house right. Like If she would just not do that, I wouldn't be frustrated. I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. Every time my brother comes over, he tells me how bad my lawn looks and what I need to put into it. And I really don't care. But I'm, frust- I'm just frustrated. If he would just stop doing that, I wouldn't be frustrated. Every time your kid brings home the report card and it doesn't have the good grades, I, it's, it's not my, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated that they're not trying harder and they, that they should be paying attention in school. We, we like to use this word frustrated and we can use it as an excuse to let our anger rule our mood, our words, and our actions. Like, what's wrong with you? Oh, I'm just frustrated. That means I'm just angry. Ooh, I don't want to be angry. I'm just frustrated. It becomes a crutch that allows anger to linger at a low level. Have you ever had that low-level anger that just kind of hangs out all the time? A lot of men, this is, <laughs> I heard this from Pastor Andy Stanley, a lot of men in their 40s, early 40s, they start feeling this low-level anger that just kind of resides everywhere. Because it's kind of at that point that you realize, like, either you've done all the things that you thought you were going to do in your 20s, or it looks completely different. And usually it looks completely different. That's the reality. We never do everything we think we're going to do. And so this this low-level anger can kind of start residing there. And you're like, what's life all about? And you feel feel like there's no purpose. And people go through this, not just men, women too. And we have this midlife crisis that can kind of come from that. Because we're frustrated. We're angry. I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. What's the difference? The, The words are the same. Here's what you need to hear. The source of anger, it's not out there. It's in you. You're not just frustrated. You're angry in here. It starts in here. Jesus said it's the things inside of us that come up out of our mouths that defile us. It's the things that we harbor, that we let dock. It's the things that we let live under our skin. It's the things that we ruminate over every night before we go to bed. How could they have said that to me? I can't believe it. It was 12 years ago, but I'm not going to let it go. That's the thing that makes us angry. It's not out there. It's in you. I love how the message says these two verses from James 4. Let's read it here. Where do you think all these, thi- these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come, ag- they come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. And that's so powerful. They come about because you want your own way. The root of all anger is that you're not getting what you want. That's the root of the anger. It's the true of, of all anger, even righteous anger. Like I see injustice and that's not right. And I'm going to say something about it because why? Because I want justice. 
I see something that's not fair. That's not good. I'm angry. I'm upset about it. I, what do I want? I want fairness. It's not bad to want things. It's not bad to recognize that, that there are things that are going to make you righteously angry when there are things that are morally wrong. We should be angry about it. But the root of that is that I want it the right way. I want to see it. That's what drives our anger is that it's what I want. You want respect, so you get angry. You want recognition, so you get angry. You want to be left alone, just would you stop, so you get angry. You want your boss to understand the workload that you're under, so you get angry. You want rest. You want food. You're hungry. You're hangry. You want to have enough money to pay the bills. Tired of juggling it all and paying this one this month and that one next month and figuring it out. You want to be not embarrassed. So you get angry. You just want it quiet. I just want some peace in the house. You want the kids to help clean the house more. You want your husband and your spouse to do the dishes and help with dinner. So you get angry. You want things. You want things. Now, I'm not saying everything that we get angry about is petty or should just be dismissed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying just because we want it, like that's the root of it. Like, oh, just get rid of things. Don't want things. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that that is the root of why we're angry. It's because we want it the way we want it. And what I'm saying is that to live in a God-honoring way is to recognize that and not let it rule over you. I learned this this week from Andy Stanley. I'm going to steal something from him, one of his messages. It's too good to not steal. It's amazing. This will change your life forever. I, I feel like it has changed my life. I haven't even really used it yet, but I've, I've, I've thought, I was like, man, I wish I knew this 10 years ago. Okay, so you ready for this? Here's, here's what he says. He says, so when you're in the middle of an argument... He and his wife do this a lot, and you can do this even with yourself when you're having that conversation by yourself and you're arguing with nobody, and you can do this. Here's, here's what you say. Here's what you say. You ready? It says, do you know what part of the problem is? It's that I'm not getting what I want. You say that in an argument, there's no comeback. Like, you know what part of the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. I want you to stop. I want you to pick up your clothes. I want you to, to be fair. I want you to, like, like when we recognize that, that really the core problem of our anger is that I'm not getting what I want, we can then move forward. It can actually de-escalate the argument. It can dismember and dismantle like the whole, the whole thing. Like we, we, can, we can bring our, we, we don't elevate it as much and our, our brains start slowing down. I'm not saying the whole problem is that, right? It's, it's part of the problem. So let's practice this, okay? You're in the middle of an argument with a significant other, a spouse, and you're going to stop and you're going to say, do you want to know what part of the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. Let's leave that back up there. So let's say it together. Do you want to know what part of the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. All right, so now say it with some sass, right? Like, you mean it. Go ahead. You want to know what part of the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. 
all just two-year-olds throwing tantrums. That's all it is. Like, this will change your life. I thought about this. I was like, man, do you know how many arguments with my wife I could have stopped? I just could have been honest. Like, no, I'm just not getting what I want. And then when we say that, we can actually have the real conversation about, well, what do you want? Because sometimes we don't really even know. And so, so we, we slow down and our brains have to think and, and reason comes back into play. And, and the other patient can maybe say, this, well, you know what? I'm not getting what I want either. And you realize how you're off, you're not on the same page. Maybe you're talking about two completely different things. It can disarm that argument. I think this is just so amazing. I, take this home, write it on something and leave it there and practice it every day. Because you're going to need it. You're going to get angry. Even when you get angry and you're like, you're not even angry at, at somebody, you're just angry at something, you can tell yourself, you know what, the part of the problem is I'm not getting what I want. And then I can go, oh, okay, well, maybe there's another way to get what I want. Like, what I want isn't bad necessarily. Or maybe there's a, a better way to communicate it. Or maybe I really shouldn't want that. Maybe I shouldn't want that. It's a humbling act to point out the fact that I want what I want. To say, I'm being like a two-year-old. It's humbling to say, I'm just not getting what I want. The reality is that our anger, it, it, we're just that two-year-old, sorry, we're to that two-year-old throwing a tantrum. It's okay to not get everything you want also. I want you to hear that. It's okay to not get everything you want. My kids hated it growing up. Dad, I want that. It's good to want things. That's what I would tell them. It's good to want things. <laughs> Gives you a goal. It's good to want things. It's true. But it's okay to not get everything you want, right? That's part of the, the, the power of that phrase of, of telling someone, I'm not getting what I want because you can recognize like, maybe I won't get what I want and that's okay. Maybe I won't get it. Maybe I shouldn't want that. Maybe I actually want something else, but I think it's that. Maybe I, I, I want peace in the house. I want everybody to stop screaming and to stop yelling. But really what I want is, is I want us to have love for each other. That's what I want. I don't want it to just be quiet. I don't want us just to all sulk and not talk to each other. I want love in the home. Maybe, maybe I, don't, I don't want my, my boss to just get fired or go away or anything. Maybe I, just, maybe I just want someone to help take the burden off of me. I've got too much on my plate. Can someone just help? Maybe that's really what I want. When we ask that question, when we recognize that, we humble ourselves. Here it is. If you want anger, if you do not want anger to rule you, humble yourself. That's what you do. You humble yourself and you just say, I want what I want. That's why I'm angry. So look to Jesus. When I think of humility, this verse popped in my head. Philippians 2, verse 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I think that's important. Have the same mindset as Jesus. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He, what? He humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, Jesus gave himself up for the sins of the world. He humbled himself through obedience. In fact, we see in the Garden of Gethsemane when he goes to pray and, and he, he humbles himself and he tells God, God, I don't really want this. If it could happen some other way, let's do that. But then he humbles himself and he says, not my will, your will. Jesus humbles himself to the point of death on a cross. I mean, the one person who could deserve to be as angry as all angry can be. How dare you punch me in the face and mock me and say, where, where's, where, you know, where's, the, where's the punch coming from? How dare you put a crown of thorns on my head and, and put me on a cross and whip me and beat me and kill me? How dare you do that? But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus humbly goes because his love is so great for you and for me. His love is there for us because he doesn't want to be angry. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He's a servant. And so if you don't want anger to rule over you, then have the mindset of Christ and humble yourself. Know that it's okay to not get everything you want. And in his humility, Jesus trusted God for the judgment. That's an important part, especially when we have that righteous anger. When our anger is, is founded in, in, a, in a real place that's, that's about injustice or about unfairness, when someone has slandered you, they've told lies about you, like it is not true, and you have anger because of that. But maybe that person, that person is probably never going to apologize. I mean, you never know. God can do all kinds of things. But it's possible that you're going to have anger over things that people did that they will never repent from, never apologize, never say, nope, I was wrong. And you're going to have to live with that. And so you must trust in the Lord for judgment. Look at 1 Peter 2, 23. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. There's another version that this is talking about Jesus as he's going to the cross. And it says that he, he did not revile them. He didn't seek revenge. God will judge. And he will judge fairly. And he will judge justly. And so in those moments where we have that anger and we maybe, maybe we go, you know what? Part of the problem is I want them to apologize and tell people all, all the people the truth. But if that's not going to happen, do I, just, do I just live with that? Do I let it harbor in my, my soul? Do I let it dock? Do I, do I cling to it? No. I give it to the Lord. And I say, that's between them and the Lord now. I'm not going to let it live here. I'm not going to be frustrated about it. I'm not going to be angry about it. I'm going to give it to God. Maybe you've been abused. You can't force them to come back and say sorry. So you're just going to give it to the Lord. You've been stolen from and you can't force them to return something. 
Maybe the mother-in-law is going to come over every time and she is going to say all these things. And she's just not going to give up on it. You just give it to the Lord. You say, I'm not going to cling to that. I'm not going to let that harbor in my soul. I do not want to be ruled by anger. I'm going to give it to the Lord and I'm going to trust that he is fair, that he is good, that he sees me, that he knows the truth and he knows all things. God knows the pain. God knows the hurt that you're going through, that you've gone through. And he sees you. I want you to hear that. God sees you. God knows. And he cares for you. You don't have to be angry at that person. God is a just judge. He is fair. And he will judge at the end of all time. He'll bring justice. He'll reveal the truth. He will heal and he will restore. Never let bitter envy or selfish ambition harbor in your soul. Who is wise and understanding among you? Live humbly in wisdom and don't let anger rule over you. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you that you are a just God, that you are righteous and that you are blameless. I thank you that you see everything, you know everything. There are some of you here tonight in this room, I'm sure, watching online, you've, you've gone through all kinds of things. There's anger inside of you. You've, you've been allowing something to harbor, to dock. You've been clinging to it, and you just need to give it to God. Just do that right now. Say, God, I give this to you. I give this person, I give this situation, I give you this circumstance, God. You know everything. You know it was unfair. You know it wasn't right. You know it hurt. And I give it to you, God. I don't want to live with it. Maybe you're here and, you, and you're, you're angry at yourself. Give that to God. Receive his forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. Just say this prayer. Say, God, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I need you in my life. I give you my life completely, 100%. Have your way in and through me. I give you my life. Holy Spirit, come dwell inside of me and make me a new creation. Remove this anger. Remove all of this bitter envy, all of this resentment, all of this malice that I've stored up. God, I give it to you, and I don't want it to weigh me down anymore. Mm. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being patient with us, even when we want what we want. And we cry out like a little two-year-old. God, you're so good. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.